Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everybody, welcome to the Genji Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. I am your special guest, Jake. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from cool kobolds to chitinous critters, and today we're talking about the Kalishtar. Hey, Jake. What's up, Will? <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Welcome Thanks. to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, y'all. <laughs> so our special guest, Jake, Persephone Goldpedal from our other show, Super Quest Saga. You guys can check that out. Let's talk about the Kalish Tar. What Let's is that? Let's do it. So today we're uh, heading back to Eberron, and mm. we're covering, I think this is the final Eberron-specific race that we're covering. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're kind of coming to the end until Warforged, Shifters, Changelings, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kalishtar. Yep, basically. Okay. It. So, and this, I left this one for last because it was the one I knew the least about. It was the one that's most complicated. So let's get into it. So the Kalishtar are a race of psionically gifted humanoids specific to Eberron. Um, though they essentially look basically human. There is more to them than meets the eye. The Kalishtar are what is called a compound race. They're basically two in one. They are a physical they're fucking transformers. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was gonna do it. They are a they're a physical and spiritual fusion of two species, uh, humans and the spiritual be- beings known as Quarai. Um, mm. Before we get into like what that means, like their fusion. Uh, first, I want to talk to you guys about like the origin story of the Kalishar and establish like why and how they came to be. Nice. Let's Please do that. Do. Indeed. Excuse me. So, uh, Eberron is a setting very unique from most other settings with its own specific cosmology that's completely unrelated to the ones that we're more familiar with. Right. So, like, They've got trains. Up, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> what I mean is like the upper planes, the lower planes, the gods, etc. It's just all different there. Like none of that stuff really exists in the way that you think it does. Mm. So I'm not really going to get into that. But for now, we're all we're going to cover is the fact that in the setting of Eberron, there is a separate plane of existence known as Dalcor, which is um, also known as the region of dreams. Ooh. It's a plane that all who sleep visit in their dreams to a certain extent. It's not exactly like that. Basically, when people dream, they 
they kind of ride on the fringe of Delcor in their own private dreamscape that okay. touches Delcor, but Delcor is separate from the dreams. It only touches their dreams. It's its own separate reality. That's like a plane, like the plane of thought or whatever. They're Kinda. like on the fringes of this like subconscious reality. Right. I would say it's very much like that. So okay. the plane itself is a gigantic dreamscape that is highly morphic and can be manipulated by those of strong wills and psionic abilities. Ooh. Um, kind of like Limbo when we talk about like the Yeah, you can kind of manifest things in limbo exactly yeah, yeah. that's cool. or in the uh i believe in the astral sea you can kind of like manipulate stuff too okay so um it's ringed by uncounted pocket realities which are essentially the mini dreamscapes where creatures on the prime uh dream where the dreams play out cool now the dominant species in dalcor are beings known as the core eye they're a race made up of psionic and spiritual energy they're depicted as phantasmal, Lovecraftian-looking monsters, basically. They got the Davy um, Jones. They got the Davy Jones. <laughs> oh, no. So they, they're basically this mixture of claws, tentacles, amorphous bodies, and multiple eyes. They look really horrific. Oh, God. Um, frightening. And they, so wait, they're mostly human. And then no, 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 no. You... Right now I'm talking about the core eye. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the other like half. Before, yeah, the other half. This God, is where the oh, other God. half lives. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> and so, guess what? It's hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, they're depicted as these phantasmal, Lovecraftian monsters, mm. claws, tentacles, amorphous bodies, multiple eyes, and they dwell in these magnificent dome cities that they call up from the formless void, and they feed off of the dream energy of mortals. Mm. Oh, God. So. They're bad hypnos. They're bad hypnos. (laughs) (laughs) Bad, bad hypnos. So, one last important fact about Dalcor, the place, is that the entire plane is subject to this eternal cycle of implosion and renewal. So essentially, once every age, the plane is destroyed along with all of its inhabitants bef- um, before everyone and everything in it is then reborn into new forms. Okay. So uh. the last time the cycle occurred was about 40,000 years ago, and it was the beginning of an age called the Age of Darkness. So I'm not sure about the details, but it seems that the core nature of the plane itself at this point of time in the timeline is evil. And because of that, nearly all the Quarai who live in Delcor are extraordinarily evil as consequence so we're we're continuing on with the theme of like planes having their own alignment energy yeah this definitely falls in line with that okay and with this one with dalcor it seems to flux back and forth got it and right Mm -hmm. now we're we've been in a forty thousand years of the core eye are evil as fuck okay (laughs) Forty thousand years of pain evil (laughs) so uh this kind of brings us to the beginning of the story so roughly 2800 years before the current timeline there um there survived a rebel faction of good quarai that mm. dwelt on the plain of Dalcor. Okay. Um, and they lived mostly in secret and on the run. Their main enemy was a cabal of evil quarai dedicated to hunting them down, known as the Dreaming Dark. Ooh, so ooh, a- being outnumbered, these good quarai were always on the run, and in their desperation to escape the Dreaming Dark, their leader, Tara Tai, found a way to escape the waking, uh, escape into the waking world. They managed to transform their physical forms in Dalcor into psychic projections that could survive if allowed to possess the bodies of willing humanoids. Ooh, okay. Uh, in this escape effort, only 67 of the good Quarai managed to escape to the escape Dalcor, um, and they did so 
by being accepted into the body of a meditating uh, Sarlonin monk. Sar- so I guess Sarlon is a place there. I, I don't mm. know. I don't know uh, Eberron ge- geography that well, but a Sarlonin monk okay, basically accepted sure. these sixty-seven souls into his body. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Actually, no, he only accepted one um, because he had sixty-six other volunteers that dwelt at the monastery as well, uh, and these sixty-six others uh, agreed to house these refugee spirits in themselves. Oh, I can see them all like having like a powwow about it. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I think we're gonna do it. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit. He's going to do it, then I got to do it. And then there's 66 people that are like, okay, I guess we're doing it. I guess we're it. doing this. <laughs> it's the weirdest Airbnb I've ever heard of in my whole life. <laughs> so so, so this, is where, this is where the first Kalashtar are born. The first 67 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the fusion of these people's souls was more than just the like a spiritual fusion that granted them, uh, granted these human psionic abilities. This bond also had a had physiological changes that came with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so all Kalishtar look human, but are noted to have um, unnaturally symmetrical and slightly angular facial features. Like they're very striking. They're very beautiful, but like in this almost alien kind of way. Um, their eyes tend to glow with like psionic energy, especially when their emotions are high. Ooh. Their movement is strange and graceful. They're kind of like elves a little bit. Yeah, they do gonna... live a little bit longer than humans, not like extraordinarily long. Maybe like half elf, maybe a little less. Okay. Hmm. So is that like, have we talked about like being like, I guess the words plain touched or whatever, where mm-hmm. you kind mm-hmm. of inherit some of the like physical, like a Genasi kind of yeah, yeah. origin. Yeah. So this is like. They've been like dream plane touched. In a way, yeah. in a way. Um, so is there a process? Is there a magic? Is there an all spark that is allowing these people to become fucking <laughs> Transformers? Optimus Prime and shit? Or no, like, nothing like that. Did it just have, is it just some reverse soul mitosis going on? Yeah, it, yes, it's, you could call it reverse soul mitosis okay. for sure. It's just, <laughs> your insides begin to reflect on your outside. are now one. So like, thus like their, their nature, if you will, because you know, nature and d is kind of a thing. Okay. Um, is both simultaneously human and quarai. They're both this psionic creature and they're this mundane oh, okay. creature, all both in one. Like Piccolo and Nail. There we go. Yeah, okay. sure, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. we go. And Kami. Um, another thing, because the monastery was a place, uh, like a religious place of worship where like people um, pilgrim to, it was a place of like many nationalities, and because of this, the Kalashtar don't have like a specific like ethnic look to them. A lot of times, they look very uh, racially ambiguous. Is this like the Ellis Island sort of deal? I don't know what you mean. Like lots of people coming in. I guess. I mean, I suppose so. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so originally there were 67 Kalashtar because there were only 67 surviving Korai refugees that needed bodies. Mm. Um, because their, their souls were fused, the Korai were originally very concerned about what would happen when their hosts ended up dying just from natural causes or, or, or whatever. Um, but to everyone's surprise, they didn't get to find out what would happen when that happened because it was discovered that whenever one of the Kalashtar had a child of the same gender as themselves, the child would share the same bond with the original host, Quarai. So as the years mm. passed on and the Kalashtar grew in population, the Quarai found themselves spread thin across generations, oh. bonded to dozens to hundreds of Kalashtar at any given time. Um, no longer... Do the Korai uh, souls exist as these individuals? They now live within the communal subconscious of their physical oh, descendants. Oh, oh, hive minding it. Um, well, actually, that's not right. That's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the opposite, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they've lost themselves, and there's just they are like this spiritual entity that is a part of all their descendants. 
Okay. But it's like, Interesting. it's like this subconscious thing. It's like a weird version of like the last thing, the like implosion of the plane and the rebirth is like a reincarnation cycle. So this mm-hmm. sounds kind of like reincarnation, like yeah. in another kind of aspect, like your soul is, is going through this metamorphosis <clears throat> and change throughout like generations instead of right. like you die and then you get like soul transported into like a cow or whatever yeah very <laughs> sure yeah I, I say that's that's a fair assessment so though um though the quarai have been essentially lost on like the conscious level their names are remembered as a Kalistar uses the name of their quarai lineage as the suffix to their own name so for instance mm. a quora uh, a quora a Kalistar named uh lan harath his name is Lan, and Harath is the name of the Korai spirit that he comes from, like his lineage. Oh, so they're tracking lineage. it. You've got... Yeah, they, the lineages are very important. <laughs> you got the Korath in There's you. essentially 66 <laughs> lineages. I say 66 because the uh, the Korai leader, uh, Taratai, she ends up being... Her entire lineage gets assassinated by the Dreaming Dark. We'll kind of get into that oh, later. Oh, no! Yeah, so <laughs> she's gone, and all the Kalishtar mourn the loss of her lineage because, again, she was the leader of the Korai. That's yeah. exactly like how when Optimus Prime dies, the rest of the Autobots are like... <laughs> You know what? When I started this episode, I did not expect Transformers, like, uh, what's analogs at all. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, you got them. But I got them. I got them. We sure did. did. So, because this mental bond has grown so thin, Kalashtar can no longer directly communicate with their Korai as they did originally. Instead, they experience the relationship as a sense of instinct and inspiration. Memories of their Korai can be shared with them from time to time, usually as a way to share wisdom or moral guidance. Oh, man. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I'm getting some, like, major... um like Avatar and Legend of Korra vibes. Cause oh, that's yeah? kind of like how the first Avatar came to be was like this good spirit went inside of him. And that was how he was able to bend all the four different elements. Oh really? Wow. And yeah, I'm just getting super, super vibes. Cause this core, I just went into these people and they're like, now, now, they got now we've made you yeah. better. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's <laughs> pretty keeps cool. Yeah. I didn't know leaping that to generation to generation. I don't know. It's yeah, that's pretty cool. It's intense. So again, it's they, they can have memories shared with them and whatnot. Kalashtar of the same lineage also share a bond with each other because they all share the same like same, the same spirit essentially. Mm. Like they're all sharing part of the same soul. So because of this, most uh, Kalashtar of the same lineage will tend to have similar opinions about things or similar oh, moral values. Um, they find they can finish each other's sent- sentences and they tend to gravitate towards the same side of any argument. Um, well, it's going to make a super cohesive community. Oh, yeah, definitely. Kalishtar of the same lineage consider each other siblings, regardless of like actual genetic material. Yeah, we got that soul bond. We got that soul bond, <laughs> that indeed. Soul system. It's like your blood type. <laughs> so despite the bond a Kalishtar has with the Korai spirit uh, being a symbiotic relationship with huge boons for the human side, it's actually a very difficult thing to understand or for them to even cope with. So it's not all hunky-dory. It's not like, oh, yeah, I got this dope spirit who tells me good things and gives me good powers. It's actually, it's it's a difficult thing. So the Korai is not a separate sentience, uh, but an inherent part of the Kalashtar themselves. Mm-hmm. Impossible to discern where, discern where the Korai ends and the human begins. Um, the personality, memory, and knowledge of the Korai influenced Kalishtar from a very young age. This brings wisdom and nurturing of a strong moral and ethical compass at an age most children are concerned with, like, playing outside. It, it's saying, like, you can't uh, you can't recognize a Kalishtar child by looking at them, but within about five seconds of talking to them, you can realize, oh, this isn't a human because this is how children speak. <laughs> children aren't worried about, like, the moral quandaries of the world. This dude you know? has otherworldly knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This, this two-year-old. Look at him, Jennifer. He's, sh- he's sharing <laughs> voluntarily. 
And he's happy about <laughs> and it. He's happy about it. <laughs> that is no human. <laughs> Can't be. But um, but again, like I, that sounds really nice. But like this, this like sheer amount of like I, I would say like moral and intellectual responsibility on such a small mind can lead to madness. Oh um, no! Korai are beings from another dimension, uh, beyond the comprehension of mortal beings for the most part. It has memories and thoughts alien to its human host. These memories can trigger emotional reactions within the Kalistar that don't make sense in the mundane world. Things like anger at the smell of a color or taste of a sound due to some experience the Korai had on its home plane. Like, none of that makes sense to the human mind, but the Korai spirit's going through it, and thus the Kalistar is having an emotional reaction and doesn't understand what's going on. Oh, man, one of the, one <laughs> of the lineages is like fucking no scrambled eggs in my house. We barfed one time in ancient times, and we will not eat that. I hate that shit forever. No more scrambled. You don't bring eggs in my house, I'm going to look at you crooked. All of them, the whole line. So, um, if a mental balance between the two mentalities is not maintained, the result can be a highly unstable individual. Uh, for this reason, Kalistar are taught to hone their minds and embrace stoicism. And with that, let's take a short rest. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode. We're not talking about that last thing. We are not talking about it. I see your, mm, Will, you keep doing this to me, man. Don't talk about that. <laughs> okay. We're talking about something else. Right. Jake, do you know what we're going to talk about? You don't. You I just don't. got here. No. We're going to talk about people that support us on Patreon. Ooh, hell Thank yeah. you for coming and, and becoming... Uh, supporter of the show monetarily or upping your pledge, we're gonna shout you out. We're gonna shout you out again, baby. Let's do. We're gonna. That's right. We're gonna say your damn name. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell the audience about how much I love them because I do. Bring it low. Well, I'm gonna Set need you. To, I'm gonna need you to tell them also. I also love you guys. Thank you so much. Jake, you, do you I, love? I love them so much. Yes. Thank you for all it's the just, support. It's just like a feeling. It is. You know? It's a warm feeling. Like It's just like an AOE kind of like, we're here doing the show. It's just love all over. Just 3D6 anyway. love damage <laughs> <laughs> all over us. Oh, man. It's getting um, weird. <laughs> it's been getting weird. Uh, thank you, Cage Kersey. Thanks, Cage Kersey. Uh, thank you, Blind Man. Thank, thank you, Random Blind Man. No, it's just Blind okay, Man. Thank you, Blind Man. Uh, thank you, Valentine. Thanks, Valentine. Valentine. Thank you, Colin Courtright. Thanks, Colin. The Return of Warboner. Thank you, Warboner. Thanks, Warboner. Warbonesies. <laughs> thank you, Linus Hag. Thanks, Linus. Or Hag. What does it mean with the two dots? I don't know. I feel like it's Hag. I feel like it it's needs Hague. to have like an accent Hague. to it. Yeah. Like A wants it to say A. Yeah. Obsidian Dragoon. Ooh, Thanks, Obsidian Dragoon. Thanks. That's a dope name. Your character's coming, Obsidian Dragoon. Yeah. Hey. On uh, Super Quest Saga, a sci fi DD 5th edition adventure dungeon mastered by Will Stark himself. William. With players such as Brian McDonald playing Carter Huttenberg, Jacob Kazada playing Persephone Goldbettle, and Josh Freeland playing Sebastian Crenshaw. He's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Will, how do you feel about our show, Super Quest Saga? I mean, I'm really enjoying it, and so and the audience seems to be really enjoying it. I'm having so. a blast playing in every game, and I love yes. like doing the post-production for it and getting to listen back to it and premiering it on Tuesday nights and with our with our community that Indeed. we've gathered Indeed. who oh, yeah. seem to be responding quite well. Uh, <laughs> I love the show. It is fantastic. I know I like help produce the show. I'm a <laughs> character in it. But it, it's a legit, like, it's a special brand of D&D, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. What a, like, a roller coaster of emotions at every sit down. Uh, some sick, excellent laughs and oh, goofs. Yes. Uh, we've been doing lots of good things. Um, we want you to help spread the word. Indeed. So we're running a contest. Hey, yeah. <laughs> the way we do. The way we do. do so you want some dice know, or something? Well, not in this, not case, this time. This, this time it's a book. <laughs> so the newest hey. book coming out uh, for D and D: Descent into Avernus, which is going to be covering a lot of like Nine Hells lore, Angel, Devil. Mm, Blood we know how stuff. much y'all love Nine Hells. Oh, yeah, yes. we all do. Um, so yeah, we're gonna give away a copy of that, and the way that you enter the contest uh, to win it is by sharing Super Quest Saga on social media and sending us proof. Now this can be on Twitter. You can just share it on Twitter with the hashtag uh, SuperQuest. You can share it on Facebook. Just take a snapshot and send it to our either our Twitter or our email, the at gmail.com. Mm. or you can share Super Quest Saga on Instagram. Uh, I'll let Brian 
say how you do that. Yeah. Um, so go. I'm going to make a post that will be up at. Are we starting the contest like right when this episode drops? Um, I think so, or right after July 1st. So this contest will be running from July 1st to September 1st. We're going to announce the winner mm-hmm. on September 1st. On July 1st, I will post on Instagram. It'll be a lot like the last contest we ran, uh, but it'll be Super Quest Saga themed, and it will have rules in the description. But basically, what it's going to entail is that you're going to need to leave a comment on that post tagging two people and you're going to have to also tell them to check out super quest saga and there will be a link in the bio uh to our soundcloud page where we host super quest saga but you can get it uh on any podcast listening app of your choice where do you get your podcasts go there and find super quest saga you can find it on youtube also mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that would be I think it's where most people are finding it right now yeah, yeah. I, itunes uh podcast addict Podbean, Castbox. Uh, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Spotify. It's on Spotify. We're on Spotify. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> go to go to any of those spots. Google <laughs> Google Play Music, Google Podcasts. What I the hell is yeah, it called? Yeah, we are on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're on all that shit. Get on there and give us some love if you want. And if you want to be a character <laughs> in, uh, if you want to be named after an NPC in Will's campaign, you can go to our Patreon at the dungeoncastpatreon.com and you can look at the tier that has that available it's the $50 tier uh, that's what we're offering you get all the other benefits you get um, early episodes you get uh, a live game Flashbang and the Surgeon which is based off of Batman the animated series you it's get <laughs> you get uh, Jake is a player in that you get yeah. a uh uh, sick merch at yeah. the $20 tier. You mm-hmm. do. And then you get the name. Mm, delicious. Mm. And you're supporting the show. You're helping keep the lights on, paying our hosting fees. And we're uh, trying to buy new cameras for the show. Indeed we uh, are. So that's like a great thing. Mm-hmm. So um, you can be associated with us in lots of ways. Those are all the ways. Maybe we should get back to the show. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. Let's Bye. go. returned. Jake, did you have a good night's sleep last night? It was quite restful. Tell me of your dreams. Um, I dreamed of, what are these things called? The Gorai. G- Gorai. I dreamt it came to me and was like, that's let bu- me unto that's your bullshit. soul. You told me right before <laughs> this that you didn't know what this was. Uh, <laughs> this is true. It, you did say that. <laughs> well, well, that was before. Well, did you have any dreams <laughs> last night? No, I slept soundly. <laughs> okay. Soundly, good. restfully, and I didn't. I did not go to Delcar, but let's get back into it. I, Wait, I, I Jake, you were telling me that this bed. reminded you of something. I didn't dream. Uh, yeah, of, uh, I don't know if anybody out there has played Dragon Age Inquisition. They but, have. Um, I'm sure they have. It kind of reminds me of like how <laughs> the, very popular game. <laughs> the mages in that story uh, go to the Fade. Oh, yeah. And they dream of the Fade, and the Fade yes. is kind of like um, the Shadow Realm a little bit. That's where it demons is. and bad shit come from and everything right. like that, but... Uh, that's where they go to dream and they can like explore the fate and explore like old battles and shit like that. And oh, that's wow. just kind of what this is. This is also giving me some of those feels. Yeah, that's a, that's a good analogy. I yeah. like that. There's a bunch of people so, that are prisoners there because they lost card games. Probably. There's a lot of fucked up <laughs> shit in there. So <laughs> back on the note of being a Kalashtar being a difficult thing. Yes. Uh, to further exacerbate the already difficult situation is the fact that whether the Kalashtar choose or not... All Kalashtar have inherited this war of the Rebel Korai versus the Dreaming Dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's because they're still coming in and taking yeah, out Yeah, because Optimus. they still exist, and they're still <laughs> right. evil, and they're still pissed. The so, Decepticons are still rolled up. That's their tagline, still pissed. So when the original Korai escaped Alcor, the Dreaming Dark um, railed in anger and swore vengeance upon the Kalashtar. 
uh, for basically being their escape. It took uh, 300 years in mortal time, 3,000 years in Dalcor time, because I guess time uh, moves 10 times faster in Dalcor for some whatever reason. So, mm-hmm. But eventually, the Dreaming Dark also found a way to cross to the prime material plane. By traveling uh, on the fringes of the various dreamscapes, they managed to find a way to whisper and incept ideas and suggestions into the minds of mortals. Oh, crazy. So after centuries of manipulation, they managed to actually throw entire nations into chaos. Oh, no. (laughs) During this chaos, they also orchestrated the creation of a new humanoid race called the Inspired um, to serve as vessels for the evil Korai to enter the world in control. Oh, shit. Yeah, the Inspired are essentially a breed of super people through the fusion of elven, human, and demonic bloodlines. Um, they're super strong, super psychic, super beautiful, and completely unable to resist a quarry possession. Oh, so, no. Uh, that's uh, kind of like uh, the Kalashtar are willing vessels. The inspired are genetically bred vessels that have no willpower to resist a quarry that chooses to possess them. They're like Mandalorian clones. Oh, wow. Sure. You just like breed them to, <laughs> sure, you yeah. breed them to get to get my, reverse mitosis <laughs> to, to get the job done. Through yeah. the possession of the inspired and the manipulation of an entire population's dreams, the Dreaming Dark has managed to establish a nation that they rule from the shadows called Redra. Uh, it's a nation very much dedicated to Kalishtar elimination. <laughs> Okay. So they got a whole country that hates them. There's only like That's si- 60 yeah, plus of these dudes. <laughs> well, not they're anymore. Like, they're, they're doing not, the most. Not anymore. There's oh. whole generations of them. Oh, well, they're they're right. Right. Thin, yeah. Oh. So, fortunately for the Kalashtar, they mostly dwell in a monastic in monastic communities high in the mountains of, of Adar, unable to be besieged by the Redran armies. Unfortunately, though, the Dreaming Dark never sleeps and spends its time (laughs) (laughs) sowing paranoia and Mm -hmm. bigotry amongst non-Kalishtar versus the Kalishtar. They encourage criminals to prey on Kalishtar in their communities, and uh, they send hunters and assassins after the Kalishtar that leave their enclaves. The stuff of nightmares. That's fucked up. (laughs) I got what you did with that. So uh, there are two ways that the Kalishtar fight back against their enemy, uh, the Path of Light and the Path of Shadow. Um, now, these are not mutually exclusive, and they're not opposing ide- ideologies despite their names. It's not like you uh, choose one or the other. Is it like a yin and yang where it like is supposed mm. to work cohesively? Nah, maybe. I guess I don't really know. I don't know much about yin and yang or how that works, but they do work cohesively, and some... Uh, some Kalashar practice both, and most just practice the Path of Light, though. Is it like how Usador is the Master of Light and Shadow? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. It's exactly like that. Got it. That's fucking hilarious. So the Path of Light is the primal, primary ideology of the Kalashtar, and the original one that was held by the rebel Korai. So remember how I said uh, Dalkor is theoretically on this cycle of self-destruction and rebirth that is currently in an age of darkness? Okay. Yeah. Um, well... Those who follow the Path of Light believe that the only way to turn the cycle over uh, to the next stage is through spiritual change. So essentially, it's all about promoting goodness and positivity both within themselves and through uh, throughout like the world, like right. through meditation mm. and prayer and like perfecting oneself and by doing good works and spreading the ideology to other people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, the idea being that like once a threshold of positive energy is met, the transformation of Delcor will occur. 
It's like make sure you double check the bag before you give people their order to make sure it's right. Like at the drive-thru. Yeah, I guess stuff like, like that's that. That's goodwill. I mean, yeah, that's gonna all, change it they, quick. They do do all the little things. They yeah, try and like do yeah. the little things, but they also try, try and do the big things as well. Sweet. So um, this again is another big reason why why the Dreaming Dark is so dead set on wiping out the Kalish Dark because they don't want. Dalcor to change. They like being evil and they like being powerful and all these other I was things. gonna ask you what their motivation is because it was sort of vague. They just don't like it or like no they, happy bad. So the idea here was like kill. when when Dalcor turned over, there was just a certain amount of Korai that felt out of sync with reality. And they didn't agree with like the way their society was going and whatnot. Sure, and sure. They just, they, they. Because these other dark fools were like, this is the best. Yeah. They, Let's like, go commit while crime. While the population was reveling and being immoral and doing evil things and domineering, these uh, Korai felt like this was not the right way. And they felt like they didn't belong and they wanted to change things back to the way that they think it, things should be. They're living in the 24 hour purge and they're trying to get out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're living in the 24 hour purge and they're trying to get out. And they got out. Seven Unfortunately, the purge followed them. Yeah. The, the purge is like, no one escapes the purge. <laughs> it's like a gang. Like, you can't really get out of a gang so easy. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the path of light. Um, the path of shadows, on the other hand, is much more about kicking ass and taking names. Mm. So it's essentially a secret martial art of the Kalashtar. It's a deadly dance paired with the ideology of using their their prowess to protect their people and to fight back against evils of the world. Um, specifically, Korai evil, mostly. You know, mostly the Korai evil, but also other evil. Like, there's this really dope image in, um, I think it was Races of Eberron for 3.5, and it's mm-hmm. like these two Kalashtar monks, and they're fighting like this evil, like, necromancer cleric, and it just looks really cool. <laughs> I was like, this, that's a cool image. We'll oh, fight yeah. that, too, when yeah. it's convenient yeah. Yeah. when we're dungeon diving and yeah. we run into this mother indeed okay. <laughs> so for the most part uh Kalishtar live in monastic societies uh full of monks priests artisans and teachers they live austere stoic lives dedicated to perfecting themselves and making the world a better place mm. um when it comes to their relations with other races of Eberron, outside of the influence of the Dreaming Dark trying to pit people against the Kalishtar, uh, the Kalishtar tend to actually get along with almost everybody. Uh, their skill as artisan works to make uh, them great traders. Like People love to trade with them because they make great work. Um, they tend to leave great impressions with those they meet due to their innate wisdom and their very peaceful, good nature. Did you happen to find any more details on, like, what kind of good work they do? Are they making like weapons or jewels or both or like because because um, people toss that out like the goods. elves make dope shit, the yeah. dwarves make dope shit, yeah. some humans make dope shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so when I say good like, works, I mean like they're going out and doing good things. Is what good I mean. Deeds. Good oh, deeds. Yeah. I th- okay, I thought you meant like the, no. The I'm talking from stuff. like the Judeo-Christian idea of good works. Oh, like, yeah. But like, they also do make good works. Yeah. Too. Okay. That is the thing they also no, do. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was asking about specifically. But what I mean is, is like, they go out, they give to the poor, they they help the needy, they protect the innocent, they they go out and they be good people and try to make the world a better place. Sure. Hmm. But they also make really good baskets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, but is is it because they're trying so hard or they yeah they they, everything they do they try and do their absolute best all the time this is another thing that this is why it's difficult to be a Kalish star because like the human spirit might rail against this and this can create like a um what's it called um like when, a psychological friction? Like yeah, a, like a psychological friction. Like a there's, there's a word for it. It starts with a D, and I can't think of what it is. But um, uh, anyways, yeah, it, it causes that. And it can lead to madness. It could just lead to j- them just being unstable in general. Mm. Um, 
And of course, if the human tries to go down a path of evil, the core ice spirit's not going to like it, and it's going to like rail against the human, and it's just it's just a mess. Ooh, okay. Yeah. It's like a tug of war. It's a tug of war. Now the human has a stronger hold on that rope than the core eye does because right. my body, my, <laughs> my body, and because like my the core eye spread across a bunch of people, but like even. Even then, like, a human that, like, decides to go, like, an evil route will constantly have this voice of conscience, like, telling them that they're doing wrong. So they'll constantly feel this guilt. So, like... Like trying to pick a lock and the spirit's like, no! Don't do it! No, stop! Right, right. You have my name attached to you. Don't do this! We can't do this! And they're like, shut up! Yeah, so it's like everything you do, you basically have a voice in your ear telling you that you're wrong and should stop and... I mean, that would be aggravating. Oh, yeah. Especially oh, yes. if it sounded like the thing I did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, they also, um, the Kalashtar have a great degree of empathy of others. Again, because they, they care. So, generally, uh, most people like them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. any sense. questions about the Kalashtar before we get into the racial stats and, like, their abilities and stuff? They seem super dope. <clears throat> yeah, was they're it, really cool. Was it dichotomy that you were dichotomy. trying there to remember? Go. Yes, that's exactly it. I was like, I know this word. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> You're a really special guest. I got you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, any questions? Was there any questions? They don't turn into robots? No, not they, at all. I'm sorry. But they are in disguise. They have the Warforge for that. By the way, they are, they <laughs> are personally very uh, fascinated by the Warforge, and I think this is the Quarry being like, hmm. What if a Quarry we went into body? a Warforge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would it then transform into a yeah, car? Yes, sure. Why, why human? Like, yeah. Well, a human is just what they landed upon. And yeah, honestly, they were lucky. They landed on a really dope monk that was like, sure. Yeah, it's like, sure, me and my bros would love to rent out our bodies to you. <laughs> exactly. They got really fucking lucky. It's <laughs> really dumb monk who, like, experimented with a lot of psychedelics. Indeed. Yeah, he was like, like, I'm oh, into shit. new things. <laughs> but they're, 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 um, the reason they're so fascinated with the Warforged is because they're pretty sure that House Knath, which is the creators of the Warforged, mm-hmm. don't have or shouldn't have the magical or technological capability for soul creation. And yet, right. The Warforged without a doubt, seem to have souls. Mm. Where do these souls come from? And so the Quarai, being uh, creatures of the soul, are just very fascinated by the whole concept. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know you could do that either. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Well, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, let's get into their stats. So, um, Kalashtar get a uh, plus one to wisdom and plus one to charisma and an additional plus one to an ability score of your choice. Oh, wow. So they got that human element there. That human element there. I really like that. Um, you know, they're they're just basic medium humanoids. Their alignment tends to be towards the lawful good because of the, the inherent nature of yeah, the core eye. Speed is, speed is 30 feet. They have a feature called dual mind. When you make a wisdom saving throw, you can use your reaction to gain advantage on the roll. You can use this trait immediately before or after you roll, but before any of the rolls effects occur. So, Ooh. like, a nice little advantage. That's pretty dope. Any reaction? Oh uh, yeah, when Does, you make a wisdom saving throw, no, when you make a wisdom saving throw, you can use your reaction to gain advantage. So when you're making wisdom save, oh, you can broke. be extra wise about it. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Which wisdom saves come up uh, quite a bit. It's yeah, true. that's a good one. Illusion magic and whatnot. Indeed, it's very true. Which, and it makes sense again them being these psionic people. Um, the next feature they get is called mental discipline. They have uh, natural resistance to psychic damage. Ooh, so, neat. There we go. Protect. That's kind of backward. Like you know, you're used to the barbarian and like right, nothing being right. weak against or nothing being. Like super strong against psychic stuff. Except that's like for the, the barbarian, right? Yeah, now. that's like the one 
Like no, yeah. no, no. The barbarian is taking. Oh, that's like, the one thing that they're not resistant to. Is yeah, or like oh, most okay. classes, like there's not really a lot of psychic resistance. No, out there really isn't. Yeah. I think the warlock pact might get one. One of the warlock. Packs. Yeah, there yeah. is a um, yeah. uh, pact of the tome. Mine, it, mm, it you gets eventually that? get like buffs against psychic stuff. Okay, yeah. for sure. The next feature they get is called Mind Link. Um, you can speak telepathically to any creature you can see within 60 feet of you. You don't need to share a language with the creature for it to understand your telepathic mm, messages. That's awesome. But the creature must be able to understand at least one language or be telepathic itself. As a bonus action, when you're speaking excuse me, telepathically to a creature, you can give that creature the ability to speak telepathically to you until the start of your next turn. To use this ability, the creature must be within 60 feet of you and be able to see you. So that telepathic speak. That gives you a lot of insight into the setting. Like mm -hmm. telepathic communication is its own form of language. Mm -hmm. I guess so, yeah. And it's, it's universal is what it sounds like. Like yeah. there is a yeah. universal, like your ability to exchange ideas on this right. like upper level. Right. And That's that makes sense because like you know, the the words we use are just interpretations of the ideas we're having. If, yes. If you're able to just straight link minds, then language becomes, you know, unimportant. Welcome to our episode of Fantasy Philosophy. On <laughs> Fantasy ah, Philosophy. Oh, yeah. no. We started a new series. God damn it. It's a new fire. Let <laughs> it burn within you. So the next feature is called uh, Psychic Glamour. Choose one of the following skills. You know how I feel about these. Insight, intimidation, <laughs> performance, or persuasion. You have an advantage on all ability checks you make with that skill. So, I guess this is fine. I just, I really, <laughs> I really don't like the feature. It's like, yeah, choose one of these seven. Yeah, you get that. Cool. It's like, it just feels lazy to me. But like whatever. Like Bonato art? Yeah. Like, no one's playing Shulk. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> it's true. The, the final feature they get is called Severed from Dreams. Kalishtar sleep, but they don't connect to the plane of dreams as other creatures do. Instead, their minds draw from the memories of otherworldly spirits of their otherworldly spirit while they sleep. As oh, such, so they just like oh. reminisce about their old life? Yeah, Indeed. they're like, it used to be so nice. <laughs> Go into the dream place. As such, you are immune. Actually, I would imagine that these dreams are probably very unpleasant for the most part. Yeah. I would imagine most of their memories are really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, like getting hunted that one shit. lineage yeah. is like, did you have the dream about the scrambled eggs yet? Yeah, they're like, Fuck. oh, oh I shit, I did. Here That's your like coming of age. <laughs> like when you're nine or ten, you have that dream, you can't eat eggs anymore. <laughs> Just like damn, can't it. see the color green no more, and that That's was your hilarious. favorite color. Oh, and there's yeah, green like fucking That's everywhere. Really cool. You're like, yeah. no, <laughs> I smelled the green in my sleep. I don't know I what it means. It. My waking mind can't hang. <laughs> Fuck that grass. I can't hang. So, so as such, you are immune to magical spells and effects that require you to dream like the dream spell, oh. but not spells and effects that put you to sleep like the sleep spell. Okay, so it's less effective. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and then finally, languages you can speak common and you can speak Quarai and one other language of your choice. Now, this stat is cool. It's very good. But for me, I wish they would have added like one other um, like psychic power besides the telepathy because like um, a lot of Kalashar do gain a low level of what, telekinesis. Okay. They can move things with their yeah. mind. Spoon bending. And they're not really being a psionic class yet, like besides the Unearthed Arcana one. Like it would be nice if they just got a little bit, like maybe a free mage hand. But, oh, yeah. But okay. flavored psionically, so it's just telekinetic. Like, I, I would probably just homebrew that in, but that's just because me, and that's how I feel Kalistar should be. But um, other than that, I have no complaints, really, about it at all. Okay. Seems dope. So, like, you get a cantrip, basically, is what you're... Yeah, yeah, and I think that's fair. It's just, uh, we, we don't have a Scion class, and we should by now, and 
especially since the Kalistar, you know, they tend to go that way. They tend to be either monks or scions, so. Okay. Oh, with that yeah. being said, I think we can get ready cool. for a long rest unless you guys got any questions. Do you have any questions about the Kalishtar? Um, I don't think so. I think I'm ready to go to the dream place. <laughs> okay. I have I have one question oh, about one like question. their locale. Like okay. where yeah. do they hold up? Like in monastic communities up in the mountains of Adar. So okay, like yeah. basically the they're like these um uh, monastery fortresses because they have to defend themselves against the dreaming dark that try and show up and kill them. So they mm-hmm. didn't just inherit the like that monk culture like is being passed down also it is yeah, yeah. it's cool, blending cool, cool, cool. as one and like i think the idea here is that uh taratai when she reached out into the waking world to try and find escape it wasn't like she just they all left and then they were just like fuck what do we do and they <laughs> happened across the monk i think she was reaching out to people and she found the monk and she was probably speaking with this monk uh over the course of maybe months or years and like explaining their situation and then like like what's bridging the gap and, yeah and like then coming getting into, the into a world. place where they could empathize yeah one and then like the two cultures became as one okay so, yeah interesting and uh okay well before we go today i want to tell everyone about our gaming channel tdc plays which is Fun you can find yeah. on youtube and if you like us here at the dungeon cast if you like our voices if you like our personalities well you can go enjoy them also there just playing video games rather than talking about D. we yeah. do smash sundays where we play smash brothers ultimate Hell we yeah, do yeah. uh right now we're in the middle of a uh, uh, legend of zelda win Waker playthrough. Um, we just finished Undertale. We just finished Sonic Mania. Brian's doing Mega Man X. Um, we got a lot going on. Hollow Knight's on its way. Yeah, Hollow Knight's Ooh. on. Oh, I'm excited Hollow Knight by one. Brian. That's gonna be super That'll dope. That'll be dope. Um, so yeah, we got a lot going on. A lot of cool games and us enjoying them. And if anyone's interested in that, check out the link in the description. You can but catch that, my boy Jake. Come check out the newest uh, Smash Sunday. If Steve makes it, it's gonna be. Oh, yeah. It's gonna yeah. pop like crazy. It's gonna Indeed. get wild. It's gonna be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.